Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Gallo, and I'm joined, as always, by brother in arms, Justin Dubin. Let's not go there. We're not brothers in arms. We're just brothers. In pod. Two brothers who... Pod. You know, yeah, I was trying to refer to Rick and Morty, where just two brothers, tomatoes, and... Yeah, you remember that from the uh, Universal uh, yeah, Cable episode. I mean, there was like 30 things in that episode, but yeah, sure, I remember it. I was just kind of, Justin, alluding to the fact that we are reviewing Triple Frontier this week, the broiest like, movie you could have. It's not like bro as in like frat bro. Wait, hold on, I'm sorry. My, my headphones are just going haywire on me. Hello? Yeah. Hi. Are we still recording? Yeah, how are you? So, yeah, anyway, so it's not like bros, like frat bros. It's like brother. It's like, you're my brother, brother. Right. It's it's like, you know, I'll take a bullet Blood for brothers. you. Blood brothers. Right. Yeah, it's brother. like, I'll take a bullet for you. Uh, Triple Frontier, Justin. It's a Netflix movie. So if Steven Spielberg was here, he wouldn't even be talking about this movie. Well, no, apparently he settled with, with that. What? He's, he's okay now. He's like, all right, never mind. Is this breaking news? That was like a... Three weeks ago. No, bullshit. Fuck you. Yeah, what? they were like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, that really happened. That really happened. I'm I'm live Googling. It's good radio. Uh, I mean... Mm, uh, oh, Steven Spielberg and Netflix reach a truce. This is page six, so we don't know if it's actually real. Uh, <clears throat> it's incredibly real. Hollywood is buzzing. That Steven Spielberg and Netflix are calling a truce in a public battle over the Oscars. Spielberg was spotted this week having dinner with Netflix honcho Ted Sarandos at LA's most private members club. What was it called? Said a source of the sit-down at Uber-exclusive San Vicente Bungalows. Whoa. This is being seen around town as a truce between two of the most powerful men in Hollywood who are not getting along. Okay, but... San Vicente Bungalows... Interesting. Yeah, I know. Gotta go there. Yeah, clearly. Um, well, we'll see if that actually is a truce. Maybe they're hammering out details before his his uh, board meeting for the Academy in April, Mr. Stevie Spielberg. So, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, Mr. Ted Sarandos, he really is one of the most powerful men in Hollywood right now. Is he directing anything right now, Spielberg? I have no idea. West Side Story. Yeah, that's in production, pre-production, though. I don't think it's actually oh. nothing. He's not actually currently directing anything, I don't believe. I don't think so. He always has a ton of stuff on his plate, but... He's a producer for a lot of things. Well, yes. yeah, but let's see. Director right now... Um, no, West Side Story, pre-production, kidnapping of Edgardo Morta- Mortara, and then Indiana Jones. Wonderful. Indiana Jones, which, as Captain Marvel has proven, we can get young Harrison Ford to play... I mean, Harrison Ford to play young Harrison Ford for as long as he wants to do it. Look I at hope Sa- so. Look at Samuel Jackson. He looks great. Ugh. Anyway. So, though, okay, so we have Triple Frontier, Justin. Uh, you know, it's a movie. It's a Netflix movie. It probably would have been made anywhere else as well, but this is a full-on Netflix movie. They didn't buy it. I believe they produced it and had it made themselves. Um, it, it did have a theatrical release though. For about a week prior to the release. Yes. What was the reasoning for that? I don't know. I think it was quite limited in its release. I I, I don't also, you know, something like 
I really don't get like I'm sure no one saw this movie in theaters. Right. Right. It's complete nonsense. The unless, model so, there, unless, except for, for someone Netflix very disconnected. Is, except for someone very disconnected. Right. The, the model for doing so thro- makes no sense for me for Netflix on a movie like this. I get the Oscar movies. This is clearly not going to be one. I don't think there was ever a plan for this to be one. So I don't understand the release. Other than they were like, eh, we're going to do a premiere. Ah, fuck it. We'll just play it in like three theaters in LA and New York while we're at it. Hello? Yeah. Sorry. You were saying you don't understand why they released it? Correct. Yeah. I Well, it, unless, of course, <laughs> for some strange reason, they, they want this to be eligible for the Oscars and for awards, like – Contention, so they have to release it in theaters for a week. Nah, I hope not. I hope that's not their plan. But I mean, I don't think they released it in March. Maybe God's their sake. new strategy is any movie they do, they do it for a week, so they can't rule it out. Okay, us. okay, maybe maybe. They're, maybe they're just like, you know what, just put it in for a week. It's eligible. <laughs> Or uh, maybe maybe they are you it's know Golden Globes or well, maybe it's for Golden Globe. Well, possibly, but maybe they are dangling that also to directors. Directors, you know, they still want their movies to be in theaters and to be eligible for those prestige kind of things. So they may say to who was it, J.C. Shandor, saying, "Hey, uh, we will give this a, a theatrical run of one week." J.C. Chazet is actually directing now. J.C. Shandor, not not the NSYNC guy, or, or <laughs> was it NSYNC? Yeah, that was insane. That was yeah, good. I'm yeah, impressed. Yeah. I, for some reason, didn't think you were going to know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, you know, this movie, I'm sure it did well on Netflix, Justin, because it's a Netflix movie and people have Netflix and they could just fart on their couch and click play. And I'm Delightful guessing. Delightful experience. Yes, I'm guessing that they will release maybe kind of like Bird Box. They will release figures saying it would have made a billion dollars opening weekend based on our math. And it's like, no, that's not how that really works, Netflix. Anyway, um, do you want to get into our review then, Justin? Let's review it. Triple Frontier. I have never had a feeling as pure or proud as completing a mission with all of you. Everything we've done for the last 17 years, trying to make a difference. And we never took a dime. You've been shot five times for your country, and you can't even afford to send your kids to college. I got a job for you. I'm retired. Fish, I need a pilot. I got the new baby now. This can change you and that baby's life forever. We finally get to use our skills for our own benefit. All right, let's do it. We're gonna get Gabriel Martin Larea, head of one of the biggest drug cartels. I've got estimates he's got over $75 million in cash. If we're not gone forever after you make your move, we're dead. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight. You guys need to own the. And what you just heard was a clip from the star studded trailer for Triple Frontier, starring Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal, and it's directed by JC Shandor who has directed uh, Oscar Isaac in at least one movie, uh, A Most Violent Year, which I saw. and uh, it What was, a slow, dragging movie. It man. was, but I, I liked it enough. But yeah, you're right. I love, I mean, I love Miss Miss Jessica Chastain in almost anything. Oh, so yeah. um, He also did All is Lost, the um, little scene 
uh, uh, Robert Redford film about him on a boat. I heard it's fantastic, though, and I had been meaning to see it. I just never got around to it. And, of course, Margin Call, which I believe was another – that was a an HBO film? I can't recall. I think it was, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, Justin, uh, what is this movie about? Loyalties are tested when five former special forces operatives reunite to steal a drug lord's fortune, unleashing a change of unintended consequences. Hijinks totally ensue. Okay, so, on the surface, Justin, Triple Frontier, which, uh... In case you didn't notice, there's not one frontier, not two frontiers, but three frontiers they have to traverse in this film. Is that what that means? I think so, yeah. It's a, The Triple Frontier is a tri-border area along the junction of Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil. This is <laughs> Brazil. What if, what if there was just a quick... Uh, if Vin Diesel cameo. swings in and saves them. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, man, that would be great. Anyway, um, so this movie, Justin, on the surface, Triple Frontier. Once you understand what the title means, I'm sure. Uh, not that that matters. You look at it and you think, oh, that's going to be like the broiest movie of all time with a bunch of bros doing 80s bro action movie stuff, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I kind of have to say this movie does almost everything it can to shy away from that. Yeah, there is a, you know, overall, when you look at it from a big picture, you're like, yeah, it's kind of a generic plot. However, I would say generic very, plot. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I think what they do is it's almost the opposite of every movie in many ways. So without giving much away, most movies like this, you know, maybe planning, planning. It's like a slow burn right. to a big finale. This one is like, it's. Peak decrescendo, rest of the movie. Yes. Right? Like, so it's it's a very, very interesting way of, you know, directing and, uh, and you know, telling a story. Honestly, Justin, I watched the trailer for this before it came out. And um, in the trailer, it, it, it don't if you have not seen this movie and you plan to, do not watch the trailer because uh, it kind of shows you everything that happens. And I remember thinking as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I remember that trailer kind of showing everything. So there must be more coming. But I, I had to, I hate to say, Justin, there wasn't more coming. No, well, that's the thing. Like, about I look, I remember like thirty minutes into this movie, I was like, "Holy shit, this all happened!" I'm like, "What's the rest of the movie about?" And uh, the rest of the movie, Justin, is basically, I don't, the gray with Liam Neeson. Yeah. So I mean, what's interesting is this turns from a an action movie to a character survival story. Well, right. It's a character-driven plot at the end. It's really the initial yes. is just pure action plot-driven. The rest is pretty much character-driven and determined and it by a survival film. Right, and it looks into without telling much. It really looks into the psyche of these people, how what their flaws are. You know. Okay, but does it do it successfully? I'm, for one character, yes. Interesting. I might have I, to. I might disagree with you greatly if we're thinking of the right. same character. Uh, in spoilers, but um, I mean, so you know, you you have five big, mostly big names. Pedro Pascal, he's getting up there. We know him because we love movies, but uh, also Narcos, right? In every Narcos movie ever made now, right? And so, um, I mean, people know Ben Affleck. People know 
Well, I guess. Charlie Hunnan, everyone knows Charlie Hunnan. Most Garrett people Hunland, know him. You know, Garrett Hedlund, no, no least, people don't. People don't. The least Oscar known. Isaac film lovers know him, but I think, oh, I guess Star Wars. He's in the no, biggest Oscar movie. Isaac is a big name now. Okay. okay. You, but you still always say Isaacs. Always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's his name. Who plays Thor? Chris Helmsworth? No, it's Hem. Hem, like Hemming address. Hemsworth. Helmsworth. No. <laughs> um, yes. These Oscar- are not intentional. I'm not doing this out of line. I know, you, I know it's not intentional. That's why I'm able to just call it up immediately. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, Oscar Isaac, he's getting up there as well, especially thanks to Star, Star Wars. But, but, yeah, Ben Affleck is definitely the leader of the pack in this movie as far as actors go. Uh, he's the only one up there with an Oscar, I believe. And I would also say he hams it up the most in this performance out of all of them. Well, he has the most range. Whether it works well, yeah, is a correct. different story. His character is the most dynamic out of all the yes. characters by far. For better or worse. But- but I think the problem with that is that because the other characters show probably two emotions mm-hmm. and he shows many other emotions, <laughs> it just looks way over the top to me. Interesting. Does that make sense? I think that like, how can you have one character when you're writing a script be like all over the place in emotions and showing like literally every his whole thought process going through, like he has a lot of depth to this character yeah. where every other character is like, you literally know nothing about them, yeah. and yeah. you just have them feel anger and like fear. I have a fun question. Cutting. I have a fun little game to play. Would you take these five guys, Justin, and would you want to watch them in a Predator-type movie where they're oh. teaming up to fight against an unrelated force? That would be awesome. Really? After just telling yeah. me that none of them had any character development or and they only had two emotions. Yeah, because it's Predator. I don't need character development. You, what did we but, know about Arnold Schwarzenegger's character other than he was like badass? No, but at least they, they all had their thing, right? Did why were these guys you know, what what was it about these guys in the I think movie? like two of them had a thing. Three of them had a thing. I don't know what did Charlie Hunnan or Garrett Hedlund brought to the table. What was what was Pedro Pat- Pascal's thing? He's a helicopter guy. Oh, okay, right. But I mean, like, actually as a character, like, what did he bring? No, you brought, like, what they brought like, was... Like, do I want to watch him in Predator? I don't know. He brought a role to play in the group of five, right? Each person had a served a purpose in the group. Uh, what they're, what you mean as a role or whatever, I don't understand. That was what their roles were. Well, right. I'm, I'm talking like, about almost like, like personality. Did they have the, none of them? I feel like none of them oozed personality. But you think to, to Predator and all of those guys had charisma coming out of their goddamn pores. Jesse Ventura chomping on a cigar with his sideways hat and his fucking minigun, and all of them glistening. <laughs> I know it's a very different movie, but but I feel like they all had their thing in that movie. And made each other, they all made each other stand out with like a specific thing that happens in the movie, which isn't just character, it's plot. But in this movie, like Charlie Hunnam, Charlie, Charlie Hunnam is kind of crazy. Like he he laughs a lot. Is that the thing? Like, or not Charlie Hunnam, uh, Gara Hedlund. Sorry, they're very interchangeable. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, so Charlie Hunnam, honest. like what was Charlie Hunnam at all? He was just a guy. Right. And, but so was kind of Pedro Pascal, right? He was a guy who could fly. Not literally. Not literally. No, that would that would have been a much better film. <laughs> um, so I mean, like, listen. So did I like this movie? I like the first two thirds of it. I think 
And then it's two hours and five minutes. And the last third, it just takes a while. Caitlin on the couch at one hour, maybe 40 minutes was like, is this like, I'm not, this is not, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> because it, it really grinds to a halt, this movie. Well, I think also there becomes a point where, like I said, you know, the the way that the story is told or the dynamic of the movie is very different from most. And um, and I totally, you know, I really appreciate what they did. And and in that moment and by doing that, they also changed the villain kind of because, you know, there's a clear bad guy to a certain point. Yeah. And then after that, there's many points, which I think is impressive, where you're asking who is the real bad guy here. Right. And uh, and you also have a ambiguous bad guy, which yeah, is I don't think there is a bad guy in this movie, to be honest. I mean, there's obviously one bad guy, sort of. Sort of, but uh, I mean, honestly, the, the movie for me, as I said, falls apart in the third act, especially the last like 15 minutes when one character just starts acting insanely different than he did the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I, I also think that uh, what's interesting is these are not, you know, although they are, you know, former special forces people, they're not necessarily good people. No, you know, they're, they're, they're not really, they're almost anti-heroes in many ways here because what they're doing, this is not spoiling anything, what they're doing is A, 100% illegal. Right. And B, like, there's a lot of moral ambiguity that is addressed in this movie that is pretty interesting to, you know, come right. across when you're when you're watching it and you're like, do I really want to root for these guys? Well, the point? thing is, though, I do want to see them succeed in... Robbing the drug lord and getting his money, right? That's in the trailer and everything. That's the whole premise of the movie. Um, and so it's like Ocean's Eleven, but for military guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I have to say, I really enjoyed the directing um, of the of that of the whole, you know, drug kingpin scenes. I found very enjoyable. I thought those it was well directed. The action, you know, sometimes I always think of what's his name, Green, Green, whatever, who does uh, uh, the uh, Bourne movies. I always think of him in these kinds of movies, and I just can't stand the way he directs these kinds of scenes. Yeah. And he, uh, J.C. Chander, does a good job where you're able to follow the action. It's fast paced, but it's follow. You can follow it. Yeah. You see how people react. Uh, you know, he didn't do any many close shots. He he kind of gave you a full um, wide view, a, a wide view, which was I think the best way to shoot these. Unlike the Bourne ones, where well, you're like blurred and don't uh, know what's going on. I remember when everyone was like, "That's the way you shoot action, Jason Bourne." I was like, "Fuck you!" Wait for John Wick. <laughs> um, I will say the first like the first big set piece of this movie in Brazil. I'm assuming. Uh, very Sicario vibes up and down. Yeah, it was a good opening to the movie for sure. It was uh, interesting to see what was going on. And, yeah. you know, it's fun to see very subtle things about how they played the politics and the loopholes around the politics. Right. Where, you know, oh, you shot him. Good job. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So overall, me personally, Justin, lukewarm on this movie. Uh, you should I will, see it, don't see it, rent it. Or just uh, see it or don't see it, I guess. Uh, that makes it so much harder. <laughs> uh, it's a decent Friday night movie. It's on Netflix. It's If you're already paying for Netflix, it's there. Decent Friday night watch. 
Uh, so I, so fine. I say I say I say watch it on Netflix. I think it's uh, the quality of actors is good enough. You have enough of a superstar cast. I think that the drug lord scene was very entertaining, very fun. You're absolutely right. It does drag towards the end. Um, but at that point, you kind of want to see what the payout is because um, no one's safe. Let's just say that. No one's necessarily safe. And uh, I do enjoy the exploration of some moral ambiguity of what's going on there as well. Right. So there is somewhat of a deeper level to this to this film. Let's, um, I let's, see let's talk about if it actually achieves that deeper level in spoilers. Okay, spoilers for Triple Frontier. Um, so... Ben Affleck gets brained. <laughs> yeah, he. I didn't think he was gonna get murdered. Did you see that coming? Um, I didn't really see it coming, but I thought someone was gonna have to die. Someone had to die. I thought it was gonna be Charlie Hunnan. Like, why didn't he die? He just got shot in the abdomen. Well, then, yeah, I, I feel like it, it, they they kind of erased that completely. Like, oh, it went through. You're fine. <laughs> so yeah, Ben I mean, Affleck and a mule die. <laughs> who's a mule? A mule, like a mule. A mule, yeah. yeah rest <laughs> in peace, that mule. Um, so the movie, I don't know. The movie really does go off for the rails for me. Go off the rails for me after they, after the crash happens, and then they pack the the animals full of money. I'm just like, uh, okay, am I, is this the kind of movie we're getting now? Like guys walking with mules, and that's what we get. And then they they burn their money in one bizarre scene of them burning money, which I'm sure is supposed to represent something. And it went over my head. I don't think it's supposed to represent anything. I mean, I think that's kind of an irony to Pablo Escobar, who burned money to stay warm as well at the end of. And maybe there is some symbolism in that regards where at the end of Pablo Escobar's, you know, run. He didn't, he was in one of his safe houses and he literally, this is a true story. He literally didn't have anything else to burn to, to start fires and keep a fire warm at night. So he would just burn piles of money, piles of cash. And that was towards the end. So maybe that was, you know, symbolizing the, 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 you know, something bad was coming this way. That's, that's the most I could get out of it. So, um, Ben Affleck's character is interesting in this movie because he really does shift from like the second he sees the money, he's like he he becomes a different person. He's yeah, like, that's very annoying. You didn't like that? No. I um I'm mostly on your side with that. I thought it was interesting, and I was like, wow, that 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 kind of shows you the kind of guy he was back when he was in the military, and that's why he's suffering probably the most being out of the service, kind of like a hurt locker type situation. And being back in it, it's his old self coming out, his real self. The question is, why did he die? What do you mean? Why was he the one that died? Because he killed that guy's dad? Yeah, absolutely. Was he a bad person? I think the problem is that when it came down to it, all these people were trying to do the minimum to be do bad, but he was the one who was towing that line more than anyone, right? Uh-huh. He yeah. was the one who throughout the movie was pushing it. No, we need to stay more. We need yep. to stay longer, get yep. more money. They're yep. like, dude, we have hundreds of millions of dollars. All right, guys, let's unload all this stuff. We're not leaving $200 million yeah. here. 
right? So he made every bad decision along the way, for the most part, that led him where they are, right? They obviously couldn't have gotten there without him because he was the one, the main brain behind it. Um, but, but, you know, he's he was also, the one that shot the, the, the people, right? He's he also the one who everything. threatened the, the girl who helped them. You know, he clearly walks a darker path than the other guys. Right, and something snapped inside him once he saw the money. Like you said, you know, he just got teleported to a much darker place mm-hmm. and was like, I'm doing anything I can and everything I can without any moral questions. Okay, but why moment. kill him? Because, you know, sometimes you do, your your actions do catch up to you mm-hmm. at some point. Okay, uh, that works for me. Uh, next question. So they hide the money. They, they they get rid of the money. And I'm like, oh, they're going to go back for it. Like I immediately thought like they'll just get a helicopter and go back for the money one day. But okay, they play it off as more of a twist at the end even though everyone's like, yeah, fuck, yes, of course. Why would, I, why would Oscar Isaac, who planned all of this, not think, I'll go back for the money. Let me write down the coordinates. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how any of them – like they were literally in the most desolate places throughout the world. I was like, dude – Take one bag. You have a million dollars. Yeah. Just grab one bag. Everyone just grab one bag. Throw it somewhere. Hide it. No one's going to see it. No one's coming. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Okay. So then the last 20 minutes of this movie, dude, I feel like not even the boring part where they're just walking and walking and it's Liam Neeson's the gray for that. No, it's, which honestly was more exciting, I think. Um, So at least. What? There was wolves. There was some wolves, yeah. Um, this movie, then, so they split up, and Garrett Hedlund finds a boat guy, which all of a sudden seems like they're in, like, Tijuana or something, where there's, like, parties going on or something. And, Not in Tijuana, dude. That's, and, like, all the army people that are waiting to kill them. Were they army, or were they, because they didn't they were, seem uniformed. They were youths. They were youths. They were youths. That, were, that like, gang? The, the dealers armed and told them to okay. kill. Well, so, all of a sudden... Oscar Isaac is like, I'm not going to shoot back at people shooting at me. Yeah, he was like, what the fuck? What was that? Well, come on. Come on. Come on. First off, it was ridiculous. Second off, thank you. I've got to point out that Oscar Isaac's clearly one out of everyone in this because he's going to fucking Australia. He's got the coordinates for the millions and millions of dollars. B, he's going. To meet this hot broad in uh, Yovana uh, in Australia and for $3 million. And he doesn't, it seems like Charlie Hunnam's the one that's going to break the news to Ben Affleck's family. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going back. And then, like, so it's just a win win for Oscar Isaac's character. I mean, I guess. I guess, yeah. Uh, the other ones just walk away. And also, doesn't Pedro Pascal have a family? Like, he's in the shitter. Yeah, he's pretty much fucked. You like, think he, he would he, want he would want the money? Uh, did you enjoy that they all gave it to the family? Eh, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> this movie, you get it, this movie is a downer. An eye roll. It's honestly an eye roll at that point, like because realistically, they should have all taken the money. They should have. Well, the movie should have ended with I don't know, but then you could argue that it's not the message the director wanted to send. The movie should have ended with all of them giving that money to Ben Affleck's family. Them walking outside the lawyer's office, Charlie Hunnam unfolding the piece of paper with the coordinates on it, and all of them looking at him and smiling, and then cut to black. And then you have double, triple frontier. <laughs> or just 
the fourth frontier. Or the rent a helicopter and that's the whole movie. <laughs> uh, but it's not that easy because something bad happens. It's no They hire they hire someone to replace Ben Affleck for absolutely no reason. And he's a wild him. card. <laughs> yeah, he's a wild card or a traitor and he works with the narcos. Yeah, and then, anyway. So so that's – but I guess you could argue that that's not the movie Shandor was making. He was making more of a meditative quote-unquote movie about what being in the service does to you. But again, he still ends with Oscar Isaac getting in, walking away, and then it's like jovial music comes in. <laughs> mm. So it was a lot of mixed – Things watching this movie felt like a triple frontier, Justin, of action, of drama, and of whatever the fuck Shandor was trying to throw at us. Yeah, but overall, I I found it a quite enjoyable movie to watch. You know, it was I at first. It was, it was at first for me. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, twenty minutes. <laughs> I literally just have like thirty minutes of the movie. Okay, they just robbed the shit out of these people. What the <laughs> hell? There's an hour and a half left yes, in this movie. Yes, exactly. What is going on here? That's where I was like, the trailer shows all of that. Shows them crashing in the helicopter. And I'm like, so there must be some other stuff coming, right? No. Nope. Nope. <sighs> anyway, so that's Triple Frontier. Justin, um, yes. this week, gonna- am I going to have to see a horror movie? Gonna have to see us. Uh, so excited. So excited. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, 99%. One guy from the Financial Times gave it a rotten. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he was the one guy that was like, yep, nope, done. Nah, I, I write financial news and I didn't like this movie. It was not margin call. <laughs> mm, finance. You know, that's what you do when you're in finance. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we'll do there's us. Some people, there's people in this world they say finance, and there's other people who say instead of centimeters, centimeters, which you get a lot. No in one doctors. Says that. No one. No one says centimeters. Uh, oh my god, you have no idea. You're not a doctor. You go to a conference. Everyone, there's just Americans. They're not even like European. There's a point in your attending career where, for some reason, you just decide, you know what? I'm kind of a big deal now. Instead of saying centimeters, you say centimeters. It's a, it's wild. It's a wild. Like, I'm gonna do it. Are, are, are centimeters more relaxed since they're no, kind of sauntering? No, I don't know because you don't spell it centimeters. There's no. I don't know, but it's. I just want to start. Are, I'm are to centimeters? Say are they sometimes late to parties because they're sauntering about? That's not even funny. That was just a bad joke. Oh come on. This sounds like they're sauntering. How do you even spell centimeter? I don't know. Centimeter. You spell it like centimeter. You just call it a centimeter. Uh, yeah. You C-O-N. It's con-to-meter. I mean, I, I'm, I was watching this comedian on, on Jimmy Fallon, and he, he said he was going to rifle through the deck. He said riffle. Ugh. I'm going to riffle through this deck. Hmm. And I think Jimmy made fun of him. <laughs> anyway. Lady, uh, Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga? Is she on our show next week? And to the restroom? I like saying restroom. <laughs> I don't I don't like saying that. Men's room. <laughs> Men's room. <laughs> Up in uh, Buzz and Frog? 
<laughs> if you guys know what movie that is, Wrongfully Accused is the movie. That's wonderful. Wow. Great, Justin. Leslie. That, that was a chance for us to give our, our listeners an opportunity to leave a blog post comment, but fine. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even. He draws the picture with a marker. He's like, wait a second. And there's the guy with the weird beard and a hat. Yes, yes. It's not even a good movie. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, Anyway, all right, Justin, why don't you take us out? All right, I'm very excited for us. I want you to pee your pants. Don't you be scared. Oh, God. All right, so this week... Thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at twoguysonemovie.podcast at gmail.com. Check out the site. Comment all you like. You can listen to us on our website. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on any podcasting app. You can also listen to us on Spotify. We got to try and figure out if we can get that link on our site. We're still working on that. But that's my favorite way to listen to us on Spotify. Any of these ways you can listen, please download, subscribe, give us a review. Five stars. Five stars. That's right, five stars. For Matt and Justin, until next week, thanks for listening.